It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 156, The Redemption of Gehazi. When I think of Ben-Hadad, I think of someone who could have been a world statesman, a man of power and influence with a reputation and history with his people. Combine this with the man who suffered from a very serious head injury as a child, where his memory comes and goes, seemingly to fail to learn one simple lesson. Do not mess with God's prophets. He's had a long reign and lots of successes, but he has had abundant failures. Nearly all of his failures are due to his run-ins with Israel's prophets. When it comes to Aram, these guys have great potential, but they are in the wrong place in time and history. At this time, they reside in the north, above northern Israel, where Israel's prophets roamed the countryside showing God's power, and to the south of the rising Assyrian Empire, whose ambition the world has only tasted. Not the best time to try to build an empire in world history. But this Ben-Hadad just seems to be so smart at times, and just downright dumb at other times. He will attack Israel and defeat them, and rout them, and steal from them, and then it will lose another major defeat again and again. After the last episode, a full-fledged shooting war breaks out between Aram and Israel. This time, Ben-Hadad applies the full weight of his armies, takes over Galilee and the country sides, and what is left of Israel runs and hides in the hilltop capital of Samaria, which Ben-Hadad promptly puts under siege. The siege leads to a greater famine in the city, and some are so desperate they resort to cannibalism to survive. And what I find interesting is that Elisha is here in the capital as well, a place Elijah would have never really stayed. Further, we find him sitting with the elders of the city, which shows the influence he now carries. Nothing better than having an educated, social adept prophet as one of your counselors. 2 Kings 6.24 Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city, and as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, Help me, my lord the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press? Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, Give up your son so we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked, and they saw that under his robes he had sackcloth on his body. He said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shephat, remains on his shoulders today. Basically, the king is blaming God for this disaster to the city, and his first reaction is to want to kill his prophet, Elisha. 2 Kings 6.32 Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead. 
But before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door, hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? And while he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him. The king said, The disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A sea of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat of any of it. So there's a bit of a confrontation at Elisha's door. The elders are holding it. The messenger is trying to get in. The king is behind the messenger with the hitman of a soldier, also called an officer, who's going to kill the prophet. Instead, Elisha prophesies the end of the famine tomorrow and is the assassin most likely that speaks up. And Elisha prophesies he is going to die as well. So in summary again, after years of a siege of Samaria and starvation in the city, Tomorrow, according to Elisha, the siege will be over and there will be an abundance of food. Also, the man who was charged with killing Elisha will not be able to taste of any of the goods as well. All right, so according to Jewish tradition, not Jewish history, but more or less tradition on this one, there's a group of lepers outside of Samaria at this time. If you follow the trail, it makes sense. Who just got leprosy? It's our old buddy Gehazi, the previous assistant to Elisha, who's got Naaman's leprosy. According to Jewish tradition, Gehazi and other lepers are outside of the city. Knowing Gehazi is potentially one of these guys, we have a richer story. In the midst of the siege warfare and starvation, we're going to have a redemption story. 2 Kings 7 3. Now there was four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say, We'll go in the city, the famine is there, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. At dusk they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. And when they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents, their horses, and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entering one of the tents, and ate and drank. And when then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent, and took some things from it and hid them also. So fulfilling Elisha's prophecy, the Lord made the Arameans fearful of another attack, and they left in haste, leaving a treasure of goods and food in their field camp. Gehazi and others find the camp abandoned, and they loot what they can and eat and drink. And then Gehazi, showing redemptive character, has an attack of consciousness. 2 Kings 7, 9 Then they said to each other, What are we doing? What we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. 
So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp and no one was there. Not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeepers shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. What a wonderful deed by Gehazi. Having a newfound fear of the Lord, he was afraid of God's judgment, learning the danger of betrayal and disobedience. And when the king finds out, fearing a trick, the king sends out cavalry to investigate. 2 Kings 7.15 They followed them as far as the Jordan. They found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported it to the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a sea of the finest flour sold for a shekel, and two seas of barley sold for a shekel, as the Lord had said. Now the king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate, and the people trampled him in the gateway, and he died just as the man of God had foretold when the king came down to his house. It happened as the man of God had said to the king, About this time tomorrow a sea of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, The story of Gehazi doesn't end here. He'll go on to be a righteous voice and be accepted by kings in their courts and evangelize of God's redemption and grace. Why is this? Because according to Jewish tradition, Gehazi learned his lesson. Because he listened to the voice of conviction in his heart. Because he refused greed. And he did the right thing. He was healed by God. Judas was doomed to destruction. But Gehazi will become a witness to the power of God. What is repentance but the complete turnaround? Gehazi, who pursued greed over listening to God, turned from his wicked ways, listened to the fear of the Lord and the spirit of conviction, and in turn he was miraculously healed. All while an assassin was trampled by the people when they learned of the good news delivered by a leper whose uncleanliness was washed away in repentance. Gehazi, the picture of Judas, repents and becomes a picture of our redemption in this episode. Not hung on a tree like Judas, but redeemed by the power of God. May we learn from this that even the idol of greed can be overcome when one's heart changes. When one listens to the Spirit, respects the awesome power of the fear of the Lord, one knows and believes and does what is right to God. When common decency and honor and respect and love went over, when there is profit and gain to be made. May every thief, from the petty criminal to the corporate Ponzi scheme embezzler, find the story of Gehazi inspiring. Pride and greed may have held sway over Gehazi for many years, but in the end he found redemption when he changed his heart. Gehazi received back his soul that day outside of Samaria. What do you choose today? If you suffer from greed as an idol, surrender your greed and receive back your soul. Be inspired today by the story of Gehazi, who wasn't too far from saving, and surrender whatever idols you may have and let them be purified by the blood of Jesus.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.